Welcome, everybody, to another week of Car Cracks, the podcast. I am here with uh, my normal sidekick, uh, co-host extraordinaire, Mr. Brian of the Sunday League Investors. How are you, my friend? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I am the best sidekick there ever was besides Robin. So I'm really excited. I know Luigi would argue with that, but you know what? That's okay. It's okay. I am barring you as we have now anointed you the official the official co-host of the show, um, just because nobody else is stupid enough to take it. But uh, you know what, yeah. Brian? <laughs> but Brian, how was it? I know you're uh, probably craving sleep. You look tired. How was submitting all those last-minute PSA orders? Man, it was an adventure. Uh, I remember. I thought I was when you thought um, you were done. Uh, all of a sudden, you have more mail coming in the last day. But you know, we came through. Uh, we came through and everything like that. I mean, I haven't slept since uh, like for like literally a few days. I haven't been sleeping, but it's amazing. It's been it's been amazing. Five hundred nineteen cards. That's a lot more than we wow. ever expected. And, and you guys yeah. just started. Talk yeah, yeah, yeah. Just timing. started. Really blessed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the best when you have to be like, oh, we <laughs> offer the service, and uh, two weeks later, you're like, hey, I got to raise prices up. So, you know, we're 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 blessed. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, Brian, we got a great show today. Um, you know, I went out and I found uh, some of the smartest people. Uh, that's the whole point here. The whole point is to find some great guests and to educate you. And that's really what this show is about. I'm just trying to find opportunities where we can learn about the industry, uh, learn about different products. And today I went to, and I was able to meet Brett Whiteley of Panini America. He is a brand manager for college sports, soccer, and as well as their Panini blockchain stuff. So um, let's bring him in. Brett, how are you, buddy? Doing good, doing good. Thanks for having me on. Brett, man, I'm excited to have you on. I know Brian is as well. We're, we're excited to talk soccer because this the industry has been huge, man. I mean, it's blowing up. Uh, when I first started uh, collecting again, and that was literally, what, August, Brian? I think I was uh, bothering Brian every day, asking him if this card was good, if this card was not. Yeah, you kind of <laughs> check the receipts, but yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> but the reality is that... Uh, and the industry has blown up, and, I, and just in the small time that we're talking about, and it's, it's a lot of people are now buying in, and soccer and soccer is getting bigger and bigger. And a lot of the guys who have been investing for a long time are, are expecting it to blow up because of the worldwide appeal, because this is a game that you know every country, for the most part in this in this world, plays and participates in in the World Cup. So, I mean, um, let's talk about your experience as far as with Panini and and how you guys are handling the growth. Yeah, so uh, a little background on me. Uh, I'm entering my sixth full year with Panini, just just hit five years in January. Uh, the first four years I actually spent with our basketball team. Uh, so I uh, got to learn from a, a lot of guys that have just a ton of just in general hobby building knowledge when it comes to product um, on, on that team. Um and then about a year ago, we reshuffled some things in our department. And uh, myself uh, with uh, uh, Ake uh, and Maddie Davis um, got reshuffled to uh, start doing soccer together. And, uh, you know, the, the, the three of us, we work on uh, all the different soccer products that we offer. And it's just been it, just in this year alone of getting into that market, that space, because, you know, there's, there's, only, there's only so much time in the day. Uh, to learn through the different markets and every market's its own thing with its own players and it's, its own uniquenesses to it. Um, but being able to dive into that market and try to learn as much as you can, I, I think it's still such an 
such an early market for some of the history that's already in it too, that it's, it's hard to track some of the stuff. There aren't as many sales on eBay and stuff like that for single card purchases and things of that nature as there are something like an NBA or a, or a football or some of these more American-based sports that, you know, some of those over markets, other markets across the world, they just don't, they don't have access to eBay. And so it's, it's hard to track some of this stuff. And it, same thing with as much as grading's blown up, you know, with the PSA news today and everything, but as much right. as grading's blown up, uh, you know, I think it's harder for, you know, people overseas when they do get that product to, you know, have to send their cards all the way over here to get graded by these services and then get them back in a, in a timely manner to, you know, do with what they want. But it's, it's this, it's, it's been a fun year and it's been a very, uh, you know, just learning as much as I can and, and, and trying to dive into it as much as I can. And, 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 you know, us as a team, you know, coming together and, uh, you know, learning how, how to build this stuff out and to, to make sure that we're putting the best product out that we can, that, you know, people are going to want to keep collecting. Yeah. I actually wanted to ask you a quick question. So when you got reshuffled, what was the first product that you got to launch, Brett, for in soccer? Do you remember? So the first product that, uh, Ake, Maddie and myself, I believe got to work on from beginning to end, um, actually is probably going to be this prism product that comes out on Wednesday. Okay. Um, you know, in, in general, when we build product, um, it takes anywhere from nine months to a full year for us to build it out. And, and, you know, it was around this time last year, actually probably about February last year that we started to even talk about prison premier league. Um, you know, so any, Anytime you see something that gets out there, it's not just something that we're able to build and, you know, two, three, four months later, it's done and out the door. It's, right. it's a good nine, nine months to a year. Um, you know, and it's, it's funny, even when I, when I started as a product development assistant five years ago um, on the basketball team, they straight up tell you and anybody that we've had come on any of our teams within the department, whether it's football, basketball, any sport baseball um you know we tell the guys when they come in it's it's a full year before you can even attempt to um just fathom the ins and outs that it comes to building a product from beginning to end because it's a full year before you typically see the full process in even one program let alone to see it in you know a portfolio where we have you know between the different sports probably somewhere between you know, in, in basketball, I want to say they do somewhere between like 28 to 35 brands in a given year. Football's in that same basket. I mean, soccer, I think we're at about like eight to 12 right now. You know, baseball's around like, you know, 10 to 13, somewhere in that neighborhood. So each sport has their own, you know, portfolio that they're putting out from a given year. And it's a full year before you see even one of those products from beginning to end. And so th- there's a lot of time and an effort that goes into learning the schedule. When do we need to put things in? How far in advance do players list need to go into the system? Um, you know, how do we uh, hit certain levels of things, you know, with card counts and stuff like that to make sure that we have enough of this or enough of that, enough base cards, enough parallels, you know, you know, even from the beginning of the discussions of why do we want to build it this way? Uh, you know, What's the price point we're looking at? What needs to go into something that's a, that's price point? I mean, just the discussions that go on in the, in these like whiteboard meetings that we have towards the beginning of the process, 
Right. I mean, some of them take hours because it's, it's, it's that much time and effort and energy that's going into each and every one of these products. Well, it's kind of funny because you mentioned the schedule and I know there was a big delay with COVID. So the, the Euro set that came out uh, prior to the Euro 2020, um, that came out recently was that uh, was that so that was actually done by your predecessor uh, as far as the, the the package and it was just delayed because of covid yes yeah the you know covid hit the tournament because it hit the tournament um generally how that set is built is you want to include all the teams that have qualified for the tournament right and we didn't know how many teams we, we didn't have all the teams that had qualified for the tournament at the time uh, and still didn't when we finally got it put out. So there was some restructuring and stuff within that set. Uh, you know, remember there was a lot of people that were upset about the lack of rookies, at least uh, updated rookies. Like there were, uh, bro, there was there was no Fati in there. Uh, there was a couple of guys that, that that weren't in there that people were hoping that were. Uh, uh, was that was it Fatih? I'm pretty sure it was Fatih. Yeah, yeah. There was no Fatih. You're talking about Fatih. There's Torres. I mean, there, there's a bunch. But like, I guess you know, I guess to give people perspective, Brett, like you got you know, Panini's trying to do their best, especially with the soccer market. I think you hit it on the nail. Like, it's so hard to keep up with everything, right? Even though um, it seems kind of, I wouldn't say trivial, but like, so you know, what? How is it like? When is it too late? to add a player, right? Like sometimes I can't imagine how you're building a product and you're like this Joe Schmo guy that's like 15 years old, comes out of nowhere. Like when are you like, hey, that's the cutoff line. Are you allowed to talk about that or? Yeah, I mean, so it's 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 hard to put a specific finger on soccer because there there's layers to soccer um, yeah. for sure. Uh, you know, like you said, when, when it comes to the different leagues, the different countries, uh, you know, the club teams, the, you know, there's so many more layers that goes into it than generally that would go into, I mean, just using my background basketball, you know, basketball, you're dealing with one league, one, one entity with right. soccer. It's hey man, they got a Filipino league, man. It's pretty good out there. I right? respect. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, that, but that is also um, what Brian and I have discussed in the past. That's all that also makes the sport and the, and the hobby so fun. It's so interesting because there's so much, if you like prospecting, you'll be there all day. I mean, there's so much to do and there's so many leagues to research, which in turn makes your job a lot harder. Oh, no doubt. I mean, we're, we're having to dive in and, you know, as, as, as best we can, what, what we've been trying to do at least is, is highlight some key guys at the beginning of the year. You know, the, the soccer calendar in general is going to run as far as products go, uh, as far as like, you know, 2021, it's going to go from generally October, November ish is going to be your first releases up until about May would be kind of the tail end of your releases. Um, so in general, you know, you want it, it's the same as you do with with any of the other sports. You have a, a calendar. If you have a guy like Fati who's got rookies in 2021 products, uh, you know, you're going to try to get him him into as much as you can get into that year to get a full run for him. And then once the 21-22 stuff hits, of course, he's not a rookie anymore. Um, you know, but soccer is also unique in a sense of you have split years for the leagues you have individual years for the tournaments. Yeah. Um, so there's also, you know, what is the true rule there for a guy like Fati who <laughs> could have gone into select, 
as technically, I guess, a rookie because it's 2020. But then, you know, oh, let's say that there's a 2021 product out there. Can he be a rookie in that too? And I think I think that's some of the stuff that's unique in soccer. And and you know, uh, it, it's it's tough because there's not a there's not a rule or a line. I I personally look at it as if it's a 2021 product, whether it's single year or multi year. I think it's fine. I think once you get past that, that, and you get into the 21, 22 stuff is when you get a little beyond it. And that's when you kind of cut off the RC tags for that specific player for his rookie year stuff. I think that's one of the most controversial things right now, especially with uh, the lost rookie set that came out by tops and, you know, everybody's kind of throwing RC logos. There's guys that have been playing for, 15 years professionally, they switch leagues and bang, they're a rookie. Uh, so it's just it, the art of the lo- rookie logo, the RC logo. Um, is it something that you think is more based on time as far as what time the, the like you said, it, it, based on time? It, or would it be like, okay, there's going to, he's going to have one rookie card for, say, Chronicles? Uh, who was who the guy like Mason Greenwood? I think he was a gentleman uh, that we were talking that, that a lot of people have been talking about that might have had a RC logo already. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, it was definitely Chronicles. He had a rookie ticket. Contenders. Yes. I'm oh, sorry. Contenders. Yes. He had a rookie ticket. Um, and, um, and I think he also had that Pitch Kings that also had the RC mm-hmm. logo. So does that mean if he's in the Euro set or if he's in this Prism EPL, is he going to have a, an RC logo on those? Greenwood's a perfect example. So Greenwood for us, he went into Chronicles. The reason he didn't go into Prism earlier in that year, you only get a certain number of players per team. He he wasn't one of their top players in that previous fall as far as one of their top rookies. You know, you had Rashford there. That's who we had as the top rookie. I think there was one other rookie at the time for Man U that we got into the set. I think they had two rookies that year. And Greenwood was kind of... The third guy, we kind of had him as like he wasn't really going to play much, so he didn't specifically go into Prism that year. The first time we had a chance to get him in was Chronicles. We got him in, and that's one of the tough calls, though. Do you put him in Chronicles, and that's the one usage you get for him as a rookie all year, or do you hold him? He doesn't have any cards in 1920, and then as 2021 Prism hits, then you get to RC tag him. I'll tell you, he's not, he's not an RC tag for us in 2021 for Prism. Uh, when that comes out on Wednesday. Okay, and, well. And dang. and that's because he his Breaking RC news, baby. his RC was 1920 contenders and it, or the 1920 chronicles the contenders ticket and the the court kings the card. Um what if it's their first year in EPL would they be considered rookies like Bruno Fernandez for example? You know, would he we've be talked considered about Yeah, so we've talked about doing like you know specifically for a program like Prism doing something where we call out like a like a first prism card or a first oh uh, yeah or a first EPL card like we've we've talked about tagging stuff like that it's just it's so hard to keep up with some of that stuff um y- you know uh you know i i think uh like like a service that we typically try to use is you know beckett you know they're here they're local um some of our guys in our department use you know that we're buddies with some of those guys over there but uh you know I personally, I try to go there first and, you know, when we're looking up to see if somebody's even ever had a card done, I try to go look there because in general, they do, they try to track as much as they can. You know, soccer is a tough one to track because there's just, there's so much out there. There's been so much out there. 
Um, you know, but I, I think another part of your question is, you know, some of the older guys that all of a sudden, especially in a program like Chronicles last year, where you had older players that we were RC tagging, the reason we RC tagged those guys is we didn't find that they had a card out there, you know? And, uh, you know, so you may see some guys where if, if we don't find that they've had a card done, we try to do our due diligence. And if we can't find one on eBay, we can't find one through Beckett listings or stuff like that. It's, it's the same as like uh, basketball. Good example. I don't know if you guys know Monty Morris, former Iowa State great. Yep. Monty Morris did not have a rookie card his first year out of college because he didn't play in the NBA at all that f- most of that first year. That second year is when he finally caught on uh, with the team, started to play a little. We did a rookie card of him his second year in the NBA. So you guys are going to have that situation with the WNBA product as well. Crystal, Crystal Dangerfield didn't really have a rookie card and she wasn't in the first prism set, but she became a star in the WNBA. So she'll probably have a rookie card. I'm assuming in that second WNBA set. And that's exactly the stuff we're looking at and, and looking for is, is, you know, you can't catch them all. And, and there's going to be even be times where, you know, uh, nothing's foolproof and, and, even like uh, like a guy like Shea Gilgis Alexander, we missed his RC tag on his Prism rookie card. So right, he's right. one of the rare ones out there that his rookie card doesn't have an RC tag. And I, I think that's where, you know, at the end of the day, this market has enough history and enough knowledge that the market's going to dictate what are the rookie cards to go get anyway? What are the collectible cards to go get 100%. anyway? You look at cards like the Messi and the Ronaldo World Cup Prism cards. Those aren't rookie cards, but they go for what they go for because that's the first time they were on Optichrome. You know, yeah, people right. treat those. I mean, that and it's it's instances like that where we've toyed around with the idea of tagging as, as like a first prism card or something like that, especially with the soccer market. Uh, you know, uh, me personally, I think that would be. I, I think that would be a long way. That would go a long way uh, if you if you start saying first 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 card per se, because uh, then it would just eliminate that he's not a rookie. I mean, we love it. It gives us content, you know, um, like yeah. it, it's a discussion point and everything. But I, I actually want to kind of go back a little bit because like I was super impressed of how you guys launched Panini Chronicles. I think Chronicles is probably hands down when someone asks me, hey, what type of box should I be ripping? I always say Chronicles because Chronicles, it has such a large amount of like it's a huge checklist, which is really people aren't a big fan of it, but it's a huge prospecting checklist. Um, yes. And I guess I wanted to ask, like, you know, was there a difference of how you pick some players? Because, like, you, because that checklist was really deep. I mean, yeah, Sebastian Esposito, like, he's a really young player for Inter Milan, doesn't really play very much. But then, you know, we're looking at Prism now, you know, and obviously there's some players that you, the from our community that's been wondering, you know, why aren't they in that checklist? Um, you know, I, I was just curious about that, Brett. As far as the building of the checklist on that, I think the one of the bigger things we try to do with it, it's 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 a unique set in the fact that we take three different licenses. We take the Premier League, we take Serie A, we right. take La Liga, and you put it in one product. So it also gives us the over multiple sets to be able to utilize a lot more players from different teams than we normally would have the ability to do just because of the amount of forms and the amount of, of cards that we do throughout the entire run. So I think that's how we're able to go so deep in a program like that compared to, 
you know, something like Prism. Prism, uh, you know, you're, you're tied to taking the base set to a certain level. And so you're only going to get a certain number of guys per team. Something like Chronicles, where we're trying to mix up not only uh, the players on the team, but we're trying to mix up the um, the different card stocks too. So typically your 100 C2S type cards, that's your normal um, kind of paper cards. You've got 100 hollow cards, that's your hollow board. And then you've got 100 Optichrome cards. So that's your, your prisms and selects and stuff like that. So it gives us 300 players typically for 20 teams in each league. I mean, so, I mean, doing the math there, it gives you a much deeper run on those teams than it, than you typically would get in just a normal release. So that's, I think that's where the prospecting comes into play. And then I think the other thing that we tried to do in that list is, you know, especially in that, in that program, we tried to get a little weird and mix in some of these guys that were maybe older guys, you know, for, the majority of their careers maybe played in a different league and maybe this was their first year in the Liga. And so we, we added guys like that in, you know, you, but then you also tried to get the younger guys, you know, even if they've only played in a game or two, if, if it was a rookie and we could get them in as a prospect, I mean, we're going to do everything we can to get them in and, and, and make sure that we utilize them somewhere just to, just to add that collectability to it. Kind of what you said, the prospecting of it. Yeah, I yeah, mean so, that, that's really that's really where the the base of the market is, right, Brian? I mean, a lot of people yeah. start out prospecting, and that's where the that's where the future of the of the industry, I think, is is going. Yeah, and Brian, I want to ask you, you know, who decides on these checks? Like, I'm just really curious. Like, is it a one man team, one man doing this, or is it like a team effort on like who Brad decides? Brett is responsible for everything, bro. Why are we even bothering? <laughs> asking? He is the man. No, I'm just gonna go ahead, Brett. <laughs> in, in in full disclosure, Aiken, Maddie do 95% of the work on the soccer stuff. Um, I, I help when needed as far as uh, general overall discussions on them and the builds and stuff like that, man, those guys are in the program each and every day. Uh, they're putting in the man hours, putting in the work. They're looking right. through proofs to make sure uh, guys look right on the cards. That their names are spelled right. That, uh, you know, they're looking at the different sets. They're making sure, uh, you know, they have who they need in, in this program or that program that, um, you know, we're just, we're, we're keep, you know, dotting our, our I's and crossing our T's and all that kind of stuff. And, and they're the ones that are in there diving into that stuff. I mean, we'll talk through some of that stuff as a team and as a group, but they're, they're the ones that are in there. I mean, getting to it on, on each and every one of these. Well, you have, you have uh, the EPL prism coming out tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, uh, and you guys are launching that product. I mean, a couple of boxes have been on sale already through your website for some insane money. And I was so pissed I missed it. <laughs> uh, That's what happens when you get a phone call during the right when crunch time. Uh, unfortunately, you get distracted and you miss the boxes. But uh, you guys actually are coming out. Let's talk about that product. Uh, like I said, it's fun times right now because we're starting to see new product, which is the, the market has been dying for. Uh, tell me about this product. What can we expect? What can we expect? I, it's going to be shiny. There's going to be lots of parallels. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, prism. We're sucker for shinies. You got us. You got us. I'm in. <laughs> people, people love shinies. They love the different substrates, all that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's going to be prism. I mean, there's going to be lots of different content to go collect, lots of different singles out there to go collect, lots of different colors, different patterns and stuff. I mean, you know, we, 
we try to model it exactly just like the other sports do as far as that stuff goes. Um, uh, you'll see a lot of carryover from the year before. Um, you know, you still got things like your, uh, you know, your team logo card, your, your stadium card, stuff like that. Um, it's prism. I mean, at, at the end of the day, you know, you'll get, you got your silvers in there to go collect. You got your newer rookies and stuff to go, to go collect, you know, uh, we'll, we'll leave it up to the collectors and stuff on maybe some of these first year prism guys or even first year EPL guys. I mean, you got your Timo Werner's and Kai Havertz. I know they already have Opticrums out there from other leagues, but it's their first Chelsea cards. Um, so I think you'll, you'll see a bump for guys like that in this set. Uh, you know, for sure. The prism is pretty much one of the major lines that you guys have. I met Brian. I mean, when we spoke originally, uh, when in doubt, uh, go prism. I mean, at the end, of the, that's a probably like the, the, one of the biggest lines, uh, that I remember being told, uh, in the beginning, because it carries that value, right? Brian, within the industry. I mean, how do you think prism lines up across the board in any, in any sport? Prism is like the, one of the premier, uh, cards to, to collect. Yeah, it's a beautiful product. First of all, though, Brett, um, you know, I think what's really interesting to me is when I show these cards to people, we, I mean, I would show like our Christian Ronaldo collection and I remember showing, you know, the rookie cards, right? Not telling them any values to selects, even though I love selects so much and Panini Prism. And I would ask them, you know, what, what's your favorite, what's your most aesthetically pleasing card um, that you enjoy? And they almost always pick 2014 Prism. You know, um, so I think I think Prism in general is a great product. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think I think it's a good I think it's a good product. Um, I will say I love the inserts even more, by the way, Brett, like, you know, these these uh, color blasts, these kabooms. Oh, my God. I, I love how you it seemed like I, wasn't it soccer tried these out first, the color blast, and then it started originating from other sports. The first group that actually did the color blast was baseball. They were the ones. Oh, that, was it? Okay. I guess I didn't know what I was talking it. about. Yep. Well, it it may have hit in a soccer product first, but baseball team is the one that should get the credit for that. They're the ones that came up with it. They partnered with uh, with one of our groups within the building um, to to do it. And it's been you know it's been a set that's taken off for every group you know. And I mean, kabooms have just gone you know, especially with those customer service packs that we did and that Mbappe kaboom card that's out there. I mean those have just gone nuts. And I mean, I think, I think they look even better when they're, you know, on this Optichrome and stuff. And that's, that's the unique thing with some of these inserts is it's also been proven. Like it doesn't always have to be on the same substrate. Um, you know, in general, Kabooms have been on an, on an actual mainline substrate that we use. That's on a more of a, in general mixed with C2S type products. Um, but, you know, with soccer, we're able to incorporate it with uh, with OptiChrome, which I think gives it, it, it a, just another level to it. But with Prism, uh, Brett, like I'm noticing how you guys are really making this like this. This release seems like it's not just going to be a U.S. release. It's going to be a really a massive worldwide release. Well, in the grand scheme of things. Right. We're seeing um, people. It seems like their uh, UK is going to get retail packs, which is completely a game changer. You know, they really don't have access to premier cards. Um, you know, I guess, have you guys seen like an uptick of, do you guys see Europe as like a really huge market in the future? Yeah. I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, 
there's plenty of markets out there that we feel like could grow and, and, and just get massive. Uh, you know, w- one thing in general I saw um, uh, about a month ago around the Super Bowl, and, and I think it's, it's, it's an amazing thing with soccer in general, just as possibly just this sleeping giant is, uh, I believe the number I saw was the last World Cup had over a billion viewers for the World Cup final compared to the Super Bowl that just happened, had just over 100 million viewers. I mean, if you're going to tell me soccer is 10 times more popular globally than NFL and the market's nowhere near what the NFL is, I mean, as as far as in in our terms. Preach on, Brett. Preach on, buddy. Keep going. To me, that's where the market can go, though. It It could get there. It's just a matter of we have to hit and we've got to be able to grow to these different markets. But we have to do it responsibly, too. You can't just jump the shark and you can't just start building all this stuff and have it go to these different markets that maybe aren't accustomed to trading cards as a whole yet. You know, a lot of these markets were brought up on sticker albums and stuff, but I think sticker albums and cards can go hand in hand. Uh, But we are, we're, we're, we're trying things out. We're, we're trying small in those markets to see what the appetite could possibly be to move in to further years. And that was one of the things I was going to ask you was, is Panini has been known worldwide for years, decades, making stickers. I mean, they have, you know, they were the first ones out there. I mean, there's Pele stickers. There's a ton of early 1950, uh, 1960 product that Panini was making. And a lot of that stuff is still like in people's houses in Italy and all over the world uh, that we don't we haven't even seen the light of day yet. Uh, that have barely come out because obviously, you know, they just keep it for, for themselves. But let's talk about Europe and the, the chances of, you know, the growth of the actual card versus the sticker. Uh, I believe like you, like there's, you know, they, they could be going hand in hand. But do you think Europe is still and, and the rest of the world really is catching on in the card aspect of it? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's like you said, it's it's a market that was raised on stickers. You know, and, you know, I think I think with a lot of the things that have come to light lately, um, a lot of this stuff, you put an and in the middle of it. It's not or and and not everything has to be for everybody, you know, uh, you know, and I know we'll get to it at some point with but with blockchain and NFT stuff that's taking off, you know, there's this, you know, there's there's a group of people that are, you know, all against it because they want physical stuff in their hand. There's a group of people that want digital stuff and don't care about any physical type products. It doesn't have to be an or scenario. All of these things can be and. It can be stickers and cards. I mean, we've started to incorporate in our sticker albums cards with it to try to educate the market on these are collectible as well. And you don't just have to limit yourself to just stickers that cards are are part of, uh, you know, the hobby as a whole. And just like stickers are a part of it. And, And I think, I think uh, these first couple of launches over there, you know, I'm excited to see what happens with them and stuff and, 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 and see how they do over there. And, and, you know, I think it's, it's, it's something that that's definitely going to, going to help the markets over there and start to, uh, you know, like you say, get something that's more of a a premium product to, to those collectors over there and, and, and give them a real shot at this stuff. 
One of the things that people are concerned about, uh, and I think the numbers are relatively still low when I say this uh, in the big picture, but can you go over print runs? I mean, you're not going to basically tell us exactly how many cases you guys are making, obviously, although please feel free to. Nobody's listening anyway. It's just the three of us. Don't (laughs) worry. But uh, uh, as far as uh, the market growth and because the expansion of the market, do you feel like, uh, you know, getting into these other countries, going retail is going to kind of devalue the cars because the print run is going to get a, a lot bigger than it was previously. You know, I, I think the one good thing that we've done as a company overall, no matter what the sport or no matter what the program is, we always make unique content for whatever skew we're generating, whether it's for a region, whether it's for Target, for Walmart, whether it's our hobby shops. Um, you know, we're always making something within that product that's going to be unique to that skew as a chase. And, uh, you know, and look, we're, we're very hypersensitive to specific cards that are in a program, prism, the silvers. I mean, you know, you, you can't just leave that out of an entire skew. You leave that out of an entire skew. You know, if that's the one thing that people are chasing, you're going to know pretty quick that it's missing from there. Cause you're going to be able to find it everywhere. But, you know, as long as you make that unique content, you know, whether it's a specific color parallel or, you know, some kind of numbered content or unnumbered unique, you know, like, uh, like, uh, with mosaic, uh, you know, retail had those Genesis in there that, that did very well in basketball. Um, you know, you put some kind of unique content in it and I think it's shown that people are going to chase it. They're going to collect it. And that's, I think truly what, what we kind of strive for. I think the the uh, the comparison I always make, and you being a former basketball guy, you could probably clarify this a little better. Is just, I've always compared uh, recently in the last few weeks with Mbappe. Uh, I've compared him in in Clubhouse. Shout out to my boys in Clubhouse. Uh, but the the uh, Mbappe comparison with Luca. I feel like both those guys are going to be like the next big things in each, in each sport. You know, once Ronaldo and Messi, I feel like Mbappe is the first guy ready to go to be the the future face. Uh, Luca, same thing, except he's probably doing it quicker than we all imagine. He's kicking that door down now and he's making a name for himself. But I also feel like Luca's prices have maintained. They've gone up, they've gone a little down, but there's still a lot of money. Whereas, the, the Mbappe cards are still relatively cheap with, with what we know is coming. But if you look at the pop reports, um, Mbappe has probably like 2,000, I think, right now. So uh, if, if, we, if that number gets to 4,000, it's really not that many in big picture PSA 10. Whereas I think Luca right now is at like 14,000 or something along those lines. Uh, do you think because make an extra product, more product, it could still be substantiated within the market, right? I mean, it, it doesn't like that comparison is, like, you know, that there's 4,000. Uh, let's, I'm sorry, there's 2,000 PSA 10s in Mbappe. The, you know, the, obviously the print run wasn't that big. Uh, but if it shoots up, say to, I don't know, the next one would be, say, uh, my boy, what was his name? Uh, Yusafa Mukaku. Uh, say he come his print run. Um, I mean, we know Tops had that crazy number of 40,000. If you guys have a, a less smaller number than that, uh, your your rookie card, would that be like, it, it, could, it could withhold the growth of the sport, right? By, by fluctuating those numbers? Oh, no doubt. And I think uh, I think your your comparison's tough because you're talking sport to sport because 
in sport to sport, you know, it's, it's tough because it depends on how that specific market's going at the time. I mean, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, soccer from, uh, from a couple years back compared to basketball from a couple years back as well, I guess. But, you know, in, in general, it's just, it's where, where things are at in the market and, and what we feel like can be produced without overproducing. I mean, that's the piece where we're, we're always going to, you know, uh, do the best that we can. And especially within, uh, those markets to, you know, we don't, we don't want to overproduce this stuff. We don't want this to be the early nineties again and just overprint everything, but we want to make enough that everybody has their shot to get what they want and get what they need. And, and that's a fine line to walk. No, it's, there is a fine line. And I think like, you know, you're, we understand as a business for Panini, you have to, you guys, the bottom line, you have to make more money, right? And to make more money, you have to produce more product. But then there's a line where you can't produce too much product where it completely crashes the market like the 90s. You know, and I think that's really the di- biggest difference though, right? We have history to look at. At the time in the 90s, I mean, I wasn't collecting. I wouldn't even know. I don't really even know much, but there was really no history of over- overproduction. You know, I think even the though, biggest thing, the biggest thing, Brian, you just said it was overproduction. Back then, you had several different vendors who were producing on their own. The difference now is that Panini has eight to. Tw- I mean, how many brands do we have? How many different products do we have? We, they could basically create that s- growth and increase the number of cards on the market, but amongst all those different brands, not just one brand be the end all be all like it was back in the day, uh, and that's what killed the market. That for yeah. sure. In, in the early '90s, you had multiple companies that all had licenses. You know, where uh, you know, in in general, you know, our, our NBA partner or NFL partner, you know, they've cho- chosen to go the route of one license, one company. Um, you know, and uh, I, it helps us dictate where the market needs to be from from our end. What what can we produce, knowing that we're the one player in that game. Uh, you know, soccer in general, it's a little tougher. You got all these different leagues. It's it's the layers thing. You got the leagues, you got the tournaments, you have, um, you know, all, all these different organizations that you have to keep in mind, um, you know, kind of talking about, uh, um, I, I don't want to butcher his name, but the, the the young gentleman uh, uh, from uh, the Bundesliga that debuted earlier this year. He, oh, Mukuku, right? Yeah, Mukuku, you know, Mukaku. Yep, tomato, he, tomato. You know, he's going to be somebody that you know. As, as of now, we have a team deal. Uh, you know, with that team, so there's two programs a year typically that we can put him in. Uh, you know, typically being like Obsidian and Immaculate are the two programs that we call deluxe programs that uh, we we try to incorporate our team or country deals that that our Panini Italy group has. Um, and but we also have to be cognizant that there's other licensees out there that have rights to the Bundesliga. Right. And so they're able to do things of him as well. So there's a lot of things that we have to look out for when it comes to that stuff as far as and try to plan around, uh, you know, we want to make sure we get guys like that 
in our couple programs that we do that allow us to do things like that. But at the same time, knowing that, I mean, Holland's a good example, you know, the one program we were able to get him in last year was immaculate and uh, you know, but he was also able to go into to other programs that were Bundesliga specific programs. Um, so there's always going to be things that are out of, out of, out of our control when it comes to stuff like that, because there is no centralized just soccer license as a whole compared to, you know, but we're glad to have the leagues that we have, you know, there's definitely premier players in those leagues um, that we try to centralize our products around. There's always young guys in those leagues that are coming up and debuting and stuff like that. And we try to utilize those guys to, to the best of our ability. Speaking of the leagues, Brad, we, the Chronicles is one of my favorite products to break just because of the fact that there's a, a lot of hits and there's a lot of rookies in there and we can get a lot of young players in there. Uh, I'm a big fan of prospecting. That's how I started. So I'm looking for that big hit on a smaller young guy that I could afford. And those weren't those, ch- those green cello packs weren't that expensive either. So uh, they were great to break and you found a lot of good uh, quality players in there. But in my opinion, I feel like city city ah, and La Liga they might be able to go into their their own product in itself. Um, they're strong enough, just like the EPL, in my opinion, uh, to basically stand alone. Uh, have you guys thought of maybe even making that uh, kind of venturing those guys out into its own product, and uh, you know picking up licenses of like say the Portuguese league, or you know Liga MX, or um, you know the Brazilian league? So as far as licenses overall go, I we're we're always looking into different avenues and stuff like that. You know, if, if, if it makes sense and it's a, it, you know, the, you know, we're, we're always looking to add to the portfolio where, where, where it makes sense and it's feasibly possible. Um, I think one thing that 2019, 20 Chronicles uh, gave us the, um, uh, just the, the, the general feel good, uh, the, the general good feeling of is it, it gave us the confidence to try and, and do a La Liga only, a Serie A only product. And so actually you'll see those uh, premiere with Mosaic later this year. Um, Mosaic is, is wow. a brand that's become very strong for us throughout all the different sports and all the different licenses we have. Brett, you can't just, just casually just say that. So you just said... <laughs> that was just a just, huge so, statement. <laughs> so you just said Mosaic will have Syria and La Liga as well. And on top will- of that, in, in continuation of our select Euro set, uh, we will finish off Mosaic with a uh, summer release that'll highlight the uh, the Euro tournament for the summer. Wow! So, so instead, a lot of people of thought that was going to happen, but then now you're going to see a lot of those rookies that were missed the first time around because in a new summer product. That's awesome. That's great news. Yeah. Wow, so that's we'll, a, that's breaking news, man. We got three good hits right there, bro. It's all you, Hector. Oh, oh no no no! It's all Brett, man. I love this stuff. This is great. So tell tell us more. What can we expect from those from those products? So yes, I mean you know it's 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 our first foray into those two leagues. Um, you know it'll it it it'll be it'll be interesting to see it get out there. You know we're excited for it, especially uh, you know u- utilizing more of the league. You know Mosaic debuting in soccer on its on its own uh, you know footing uh, with how it's done. You know you're going to see a lot of the 
uh, same parallels and structure that you get from the other sports with the, you know, the Genesis parallels, um, you know, the fluorescence and stuff like that. Um, you know, so we're really excited to see, uh, you know, in, in general, how it plays out between the different leagues. And then of course, capping it all off with the, uh, uh, with the summer tournament in Euro. That's amazing. What about, uh, I mean, I can, I mean, I, Brian, I'm not sure if you have any other follow-up questions regarding the mosaic. I mean, there's so much we could talk about there. When, yeah, can, we expect, so much, yeah, but... when can we expect that? Um, so I believe the two, uh, the league oriented portion of it. So Syria and La Liga should be out, um, sometime in May, early to mid May. And then, uh, the tournament one should be debuting around the time of the, the second or third week of the tournament. So I believe that's like a, is that mid to late June? And these will, be, these will be available through Panini America or through distribution or will they be in stores? It, there'll be general um, releases with uh, Syria and La Liga, the plan is to have most of that run be normal like hobby boxes and stuff like that uh and then uh the tournament will be more of a if you want to call it like a prism style set you'll have some hobby you'll be able to find it at some target and some walmart with retail uh specific SKUs and and things of that nature that's awesome, man. I can't wait for that. That's that's great news. Uh, so how many products do you think you're going to drop this year then? I mean, uh, obviously, we had an issue with COVID last year. What what do you think you're, this year, how many products total are we going to be dropping? In general, soccer should set somewhere between 8 to 12 products um, in, in, in a given year. You know, it's, it's, it's going to fluctuate depending on we're always working different angles, you know. And like you said, with the licenses and stuff, there's no telling when we may add licenses um, and, and stuff like that. We're always looking into that stuff where it makes sense. And if, if, if we have time to, to drop things in where it makes sense, I mean, that's where we try to, uh, to plan on doing it. There's, there's, I mean, uh, <laughs> you just dropped a bomb on me. So, I mean, I could literally have another show just on those topics alone, but for the, for the sake of, uh, uh, Brian's girlfriend, let's push it through. And for your dogs, by the way, let's push it through and, uh, uh, and let's, let's keep moving the show along. But the, let's talk about the women's game. Uh, you guys have the EPL license. Women's soccer has been blowing up. The women's EPL has been now, you can now see it here in the U.S. on television. A lot of the big names from the women's national team, which you have a license for, ha have now uh, been playing over there in the EPL for different, you know, Manchester United, Manchester City, uh, Tottenham. Um, what are the chances we see a Panini women's EPL product? Um, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. And I've had to check with the higher ups. I don't know that like the premier league license that we have entails the women's as well. Um, like even using as an example, the NBA and WNBA, those are two separate entities, two separate groups. Um, uh, you know, so I, my guess is it's two separate groups over there. So to my knowledge, we don't have a license specifically with the women's, uh, premier league. Uh, you know, but like I said, with the licenses is something, you know, we're always looking into if it makes sense, we're going to, you know, we, we definitely would, would attempt to throw our name in the hat and, and, and try to get something done. 
Absolutely. I just want a, a Katarina Macario rookie card, man. I mean, I think that chick is going to be the future. Uh, she's not in the NWSL. Uh, so, I mean, she she's uh, currently with Lyon. I'm, I'm excited to see her, but she is on a national team. So what can we expect from the, the women's national team? Where are we going to, where are we going to see those products? Cause they, you guys kind of picked your spots uh, in different and different uh, in the different brands. Where can we expect to see women's national team player cards this coming year? So with uh, the unique thing with soccer is we, we typically have a couple different ways we can build product. We can build products specifically around a league or a tournament like we do with Prison Premier League, like we'll have later this year with like the Mosaic Serie A, the Mosaic La Liga, the Mosaic Tournament uh, for Euro. You know, we got our World Cup, uh, you know, license. So there'll be World Cup uh, when, when that comes up. Um, but then we're also able to go off of our, our group over in Italy, our Panini Italy group. They acquire different team-specific or country-specific deals. And within that, we typically do about two programs at, at least a year that we incorporate those team or country-specific deals as a catch-all program. So like Obsidian is one that we typically do that incorporates all these teams and, and, and countries. Um, Immaculate's another one that we do um, that'll incorporate that stuff as well. Uh, so, you know, in, in, in particular and in specific with the women's national team, um, if any anybody has a chance to come up, that's generally the two chances we have to use them in a, in a given year. So that's why you see less of, of um, players, specifically like the women's national team's players, because it's the only two chances we have to put them in product. Um, but we make sure to get them in where we can. Uh, in, in general, when it comes to in, uh, the different teams, the player has to actually debut for the team before we can use them. So, you know, it's, it's always stuff that we're looking for and looking to see, you know, the second that they debut and we get the okay from, from the organization. It's just like any other rookie card. Then we're trying to get them in, trying to get them tagged and, 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 you know, in general, making the call, it, you know, uh, her specifically, if the U S had, if the U S women's team had a, had something going on this year and we were able to spike her into something, would it make sense to spike her in once, or would it make sense to hold her over for a year and I get see, her into yeah. two different items and be able to RC tag her on OptiChrome and on a, a high end program like Immaculate later in the year. So that's always stuff we're mulling over and, and, you know, thinking about and talking about as a team though. Yeah, I've, I've empathy around that, you know, because let's be real, that rookie card logo symbol, people die for that. So if you can make more of that product, then that, I mean, it's a call that, for a business that you have to do. But Brad, I, I wanted to ask you though, that that's really interesting because we get that question a lot. How are you allowed to have Holland? This is so really quick. You have Holland, you have Fati into like the, oh no, not Fati, but like Holland, um, Reina, Giovanni Reina in the Immaculate program, Immaculate set. Like, so you're saying there's a catch all license that you can only do two at a time, you said? Uh, no. So it's, it's, uh, one of the two, so typically the programs we do, it's either league specific or what we do is we, tip, we, we internally, we call them FIFA 365 branded programs. So what it does oh, is any, any specific team that we actually have a team license through, um, we're able, we, we take the full amount of team deals we have and it, it from any given year, it may be, you know, 
20 teams, you know, up to like 40 or 50, that these are typically organizations that like our Panini Italy group goes to when they do their FIFA 365 sticker albums. Okay. We work into those contracts that we're able to do trading card sets with these guys as well. So typically we try to do a couple of trading card sets because it, it opens it up because we're we get teams that aren't Premier League, aren't La Liga, aren't Serie A teams, and we're 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 able to utilize those those guys in, in a couple programs a year because um, you know, and that's that's where we get the you know the Holland that that went into Immaculate and Geo and, and interesting. And I think the 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 biggest question here, I mean, the licenses is one thing we've harped on that all de- all, all show. But uh, what I would like to know is is in, in your eyes when you're developing these sets. I mean, you talked about how long it takes. Who are who are you who are you thinking about when you're developing these sets? Who is your customer? I mean, a lot of people are saying some of these sets are for breaker specific. Some of these sets are, I mean, do you guys think about the distributors? Do you think about the end users? Do you think about the resellers or or maybe even collectors? I mean, who who would you define as, you know, your major customer and that you guys are thinking about when you're making these types of decisions? You know, I don't think that there's one person or one customer in in specific that we think about you know because there's so many i mean you just named them you got breakers you have hobby shops you have um you know little jimmy that would love to go to target or walmart right now and just get him a a five dollar fat pack you know but and we all know what's what's happening with all that stuff and you know we're we're trying to develop other things uh like in general you'll see it in prism um, we're developing a SKU that uh, is specifically supposed to go directly to the hobby shops. That's a, a cheaper price point product that's built more so for, for the kids, for, for the guys that, that can't go into a hobby shop and pay four or 500 bucks for a hobby box. I mean, I'm, I'm in that group. I haven't been able to purchase a hobby box in two years because I'm out on them now. I mean, Amen. wait, Brett, you're telling us that you from Panini <laughs> cannot get a hands on hobby box. I, I mean, we're, it, it, it's funny and I don't, I don't think enough people get enough insight to this, but we're just yeah, like everybody yeah. else when it comes to this stuff, the, the stuff doesn't just get handed to us for us to go right. home and, and rip. And, <laughs> and, you know, I, I, there's two or three hobby shops around here that I, that Damn I go it. to, but in all fairness, I probably haven't been to any of them in at least, 12 to 13 months because there ain't nothing there I can afford anymore. And, you know, and, but that's, which but is that's a problem. Good. That's, that's good. And it's bad, but it's they, good. And it's bad. It's good because great. that shows you that's where the market's at, you know, and that's a great, that's great for everybody. You know, when the market's like that, you know, but I'm just it, upset about that, man. That, that's crazy. I, I mean, I was hoping to get some good cards off you. Now I can't even do that, bro. Come on, Brett. Killing me. But it's, it's good in a sense of, you know, it's, it's, we've taken the onus on us to develop things that are supposed to be lower in, uh, you know, this, this specific skew, you know, we've taken out the, the autograph and the memorabilia content to it. So it's more just about, you know, exclusive parallels and, and base cards and stuff like that, that can go in these hobby shops and they can, you know, hopefully keep the prices deflated to a point where, yeah, little Jimmy can go in and he can get him a, a box of cards that has a, a decent amount of cards in it. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Like I said, Prism Soccer is going to be the first time we put this out. It's, it's kind of our, we're, we're testing it and, you know, we're always going to test things like that. And, 
you know, and, you know, see, see what works and see what doesn't. But, you know, we're, you know, there isn't one specific person we're thinking of when we build a product. Uh, you know, there are other products that lend itself to people that probably fit in specific categories, uh, you know, and not, not every product's meant to be for every person and everybody's budget's different when it comes to this stuff. Absolutely. So that's a, that's a tough thing that we're always uh, juggling. Wouldn't Panini Adrenaline be the the product for kids? I mean, uh, I might have an eight and nine year old. I have two eight, I have two boys, eight and nine, and that's what I've been purchasing for them. I mean, I've been going now again. You know, you, a lot of this stuff is from overseas. Uh, d- doesn't have a big distribution here in the states, but wouldn't that be the product that you would kind of try to grow here as well? I mean, that, that's a doesn't have autographs, um, has the numbers on the front. There's a game that's associated to it, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, wouldn't that be the product that you guys would should be pushing, I guess you could say? Yeah, it, it, it could be. Um, I'm not 100% familiar on how that specific product's distributed. I know I've seen it over here some, but it's like you say, I think it's distributed overseas probably a little bit more because um, they actually generate, I believe they generate it over there. They, it's it's something our our Panini Italy group makes and distributes over there on their end, um, so you don't see as much of it over here. Um, but yeah, for sure, I, I think uh, it's definitely a product that lends itself to a younger audience, especially having a game associated with it. Um, but you know, it's something that is similar to like our NFL Five set. Uh, that's something that lends itself, I I believe, to our younger audience. That is something they can get, uh, you know, at our Target and Walmart, you know, partners and stuff like that and hobby shops as well. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it furthers develop them because I mean, let's face it, they're the future, uh, keeping them interested in this stuff is what's going to keep the, yes, the hobby strong in the long run. Yes, sir. And that's going to be the, like I said, that's the future growth of this industry. If we can get them hooked, like we were hooked when we were younger. Uh, and that's why I think this resurgence has happened because of the fact that when we were growing up, we all had baseball cards. And then somewhere along the line, it just kind of died for everybody. Some never stopped. Some did. Most did, really. And then now, like, it's just, it's becoming a, a you know, a, a, everybody's coming back with full vengeance <laughs> and collecting. And, and, and now it's an investment. It's not just collecting anymore. Now it's an investment. It's seen as an alternative market. So that that is that has led to a lot of new and exciting products right now. Uh, and when you guys, when I introduce you, one of the things I had mentioned was that you are uh, also part of the team for the Panini blockchain. Let's talk about that as today, actually, uh, today's month, Monday, March 1st. Um, we saw your first, uh, I believe it was the first release of the blockchain uh, for La Liga. And we saw, a, I believe it was a, a Lionel Messi go for like almost $25,000, a one-on-one. Uh, please tell us about this product because I believe when you purchase one of these, it is a... Um, uh, you get a card as well as the NFT, or sorry, the gi- digital card. I guess I'm not sure if it's an NFT or if, it, if it's uh, uh, called the uh, or something off the blockchain. I'm totally killing it. I apologize, but I'm so used to talking about NFTs in Clubhouse for the last like week and a half about Top Shots. Please tell us what this is all about and why I should be buying this stuff. So yeah, I mean, Panini's version of it. We've we've kind of so far we've developed. Uh, a couple different models. So the, the one that you saw today, uh, we've partnered with La Liga uh, where it's been our, our first true uh, league specific um, uh, set uh, involving our prism. Uh, 
Uh, so what we've done is there's 140 base cards. They're all gonna, everything that prints for this is, has already printed. It is all gonna be on the gold vinyl uh, stock as 101s. And basically when you purchase and everything starts as a Dutch auction at $25,000, it lowers every five minutes. But when you purchase that card, not only are you getting the digital card, which is what you're actually purchasing that goes to your Panini blockchain account, we will send you a physical copy of that card as a gift. Um, you, you know, the, the general idea we had at the beginning was that almost like it would be like a, like a stock certificate almost. Um, you know, back in the day when you actually purchased stocks, they actually sent you a paper copy of the stocks that you bought. Um, so that's kind of what the general idea was with these with these higher end, you know, one on one releases that we've done, you know, around different products like NT and, and uh, you know, the Triforce one that we did last year that was just kind of a, a, a brand that we just wanted to try. Um, you know, that that we're going to send you a physical copy with you or did with the digital copy that you just bought. And, um, you know, from there, it's it's whatever you want to do with it, though. If that physical card is yours, you're, you're not tied to, uh, you know, only, you know, if you sell the physical card, do I have to sell the digital card? I've seen that question before. No, it's two separate entities at that point, basically. If I, I've seen plenty of people online that have gone and sold the physical card right away because they're only into the digital copy of it. I've seen people that sell the digital copy right away and I'm sure they kept the physical card as well because they're only into having the physical. And that's the unique thing with this. And at least what we're trying to offer from our end is you may be just a physical card guy or you may be a, just a digital card guy, but we kind of try to offer both within it. So to try to capture both audiences um, and, and, and to give everybody a shot at, at getting in here, especially in the infancy stages of it, as we, you know, try to fine tune it and develop it out and, and stuff like that to, you know, grow, grow it as just another marketplace within the market overall. Okay. Yeah. That's actually pretty cool. I, I'm, I'm just looking through the website now because I just heard about the messy selling for $25,000, which is an incredible um, sale for y'all. So congratulations. That's awesome. I actually am curious, like, you know, we're starting to hear a lot about NFTs. Everybody's talking about it. What, which blockchain, I guess, um, what, what do you guys host it on specifically? If you don't mind me asking, Brett. Uh, <laughs> that in itself is way, way above my head. Um, <laughs> okay, no problem. Because I don't even know if I even asked the question right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I, but no, I think because the reason why I'm asking is because like there's like other you know, you're looking at NBA top shots, uh, they, they're hosted on, I think they used there. It was originally from crypto kitties and crypto kitties like broke Ethereum essentially. And now they're on their own thing going on. Um, low, I, think I guess, uh, sorry, low, yeah, I believe it's called. Low. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's something that I'm just super curious about. Um, I guess, especially, um, with all these NFTs going on and they, they're trying to be a utility token, essentially like, it, do you see any utility wise with these cards that you're you're um, that you guys are creating on the blockchain? I think uh, it it's still so early on for us, um, right? That um, in, in general, I think what you know, man, that's tough. 
because this is all stuff here. I even told Hector before we came on, we talked earlier, the technical aspects of it, I'm still trying to learn myself and understand. And this is right. This well, is it's a new, great it's thing. A new, it's a new industry, really. It I mean, is. We're all learning. Yeah, it is. And, and I will say we have a guy, we have a couple guys within the company. They know the ins and outs of all this stuff. And, and they're constantly working with the people that develop the site and stuff like that to make upgrades and add, you know, add this piece and add that piece, you know, and it's, it's, it's unique to partner with that group and work with that group and try to learn those pieces of it to then actually try to develop a product for it. Cause I think that's, that's more so where like myself and my group and, and, and the team come into play is, is yes, there's those pieces of it. And my general understanding of it is like these NFTs in general, it's almost like it's almost like a stock that attaches itself to whatever that digital asset is. And yeah, it's like a collectible, basically digital collectible. Right. And, and and the second that you, that person a buys it from person B, it's just like buying a stock from that guy and it gets transferred over immediately. And it's just that stock. And it's, it's just, it's attached itself to that collectible, you know? And I think, I think the, the job on our end is to go in and, and, make an intriguing product that people want to collect and want to, to buy up those stocks of and, and, you know, to keep pushing the boundaries on it as, as best that we can on our end. And, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, I think other, other companies have gone in and they have, you know, good concepts and stuff, but I, I think it's also something where the, they have to be careful with the amount of stuff they're putting out all at once that it's, it's, it's something that, you know, I'm looking at this stuff daily and there's pieces of it that aren't adding up to me. Right. Absolutely. That you're actually one of the few that actually give you a, I don't know many actually that give you a physical product as well as a digital product. Yeah. That's cool. I think that's pretty cool. I think yeah. it's a great concept, and I know there's other companies being developed to, to do to do that kind of stuff, but nobody's done that yet with the NFTs and the top shots. I mean, they're moments. Uh, you know, they're selling like little clips of videos, and you know, so rare has the fantasy game uh, with the digital card. It's used for a different application, but still, it goes up and down. Uh, but this is the first time that I'm hearing where you get a digital card uh, still, you know, on the blockchain. But at the same time, you also get a physical card. So it kind of it's a two for one special, really. So I mean, it is a hell of a deal. Thinking about it, I mean, that messy that messy for twenty five k might actually be a steal in the long run. But let's talk about your development as far as how often do you plan on doing this? Is this something that Panini will be developing more and more, or is this something that they're still just trying to you know kind of test out right now? So we try to have a a release every week. Um, as far as these physical and digital pairings, uh, you know, uh, right now today we have, we're on week, I believe it's either seven or eight of our national treasures release national treasures for us houses, multiple licenses. So you've got anything from a Jason Tatum logo, man autograph. Um, I believe there is an NFL shield autograph of, um, uh, Tua, uh, up today. Um, you've got uh, baseball that's mixed in there, um, that there's uh, an, a Ronald Acuna patch autograph that's up today. 
Um, you've even got some college guys, uh, you know, cause you know, talking about scheduling and stuff like that, you know, this was one where we still had to mix in college basketball within the set when we started to build it and it's getting released now, even though these guys have played NBA games. Cause that's, you know, we didn't have NBA photos when we were printing these cards and, and getting them approved and stuff like that. So like Anthony Edwards top, you know, top pick in the draft, he's got a patch auto uh, for the blockchain set this week. Um, so, you know, we try to use we generally try to utilize the different licenses and releases like that. And then, you know, we had the La Liga week one went up today. So you've got one card from every team in the league. And then uh, we plan on running this for the next seven weeks. And also within that, there'll be anywhere from three to four autograph cards for that league. Uh, like Joao Felix has an autograph card this week. Um and so we'll, you know, we'll try to have uh, that up every week. So, so, so every we'll week one. we'll have different soccer guys, as long as as well as other sports. Correct. Uh, the La Liga set will only go seven weeks. Once we get done with that seven weeks, um, there isn't anything currently planned in the schedule to go in after that. Um, you know, this is something. I mean, look, we're trying for the first time. We, you know, I don't. I don't think we imagine, especially starting this stuff at 25,000, somebody to hit buy it now basically within the first 10 minutes on that messy card. I'm glad they did, but, uh, you know, uh, it's something we'll track, you know, especially as we get to the end of and see, you know, do we jump in immediately and do a second series and maybe pick a different brand to go back with the Liga and do, you know, uh, it's also something we're trying to, to look at. You know, we want to be a premium service when it comes to this stuff. We don't, we don't want to, you know, we, it's still such an infant market and so early on that, you know, it, it boggles my mind when I, I look at other competitors that have thousands and thousands and thousands of copies of this stuff. And in general, all of our stuff is extremely, extremely low printed and low numbered. Um, uh, I want to say off the top of my head, the lowest number blockchain card that we've done to date is maybe 17 or lower. Um, You know, because the the physical and digital program, they're all one-on-ones. Always have been. We've been doing these for about a year now. In general, every week, you know, we have a different uh, program. Like National Treasures will go for 10 weeks. We've had Prism as its own standalone multi-sport program. Uh, we've had, um, like I said, Triforce as a sport program. But then the other things that we've done is typically in the higher end physical products, we've dropped what we call blockchain bonus cards. And those are redemptions that you get in products like Immaculate, Flawless, National Treasures, Impeccable throughout the different sports that it looks like a, you know, and we hate the term redemption, but it looks like a redemption card that you would get for like an autograph that, you know, we just didn't get back in time. So we put that in there to send you your autograph when we get it. But what it is, is it's just a code that you can scratch off and you get to come to the website and claim your digital version of that card immediately. And then from there, it's up to you what you want to do with it. Does it stay in your account and you display it to show it on the website almost almost as a, you know, hey, look what's in my account. Do you want to sell it? You put you have a couple different options. You can put it up as a buy it now. You can put it up for auction and, and set a Within starting price. Within the marketplace? Yes. That's pretty badass. That's um, awesome. You know, and, and, and instantly with that stuff, your account builds up and you can have it sent to your PayPal and we do withdrawals to your PayPal account. So, 
um, you know, it, there's it, more, there's obviously a lot more there that we have to discover that we have to play around with. Cause it, like you said, it's still relatively young. And if you're already offering those features, that's, that's, I mean, that's ahead of most uh, NFTs realistically. I mean, a lot of the NFTs aren't even that, that advanced. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's something, I mean, look, we're, we're constantly looking at upgrade and stuff. We're constantly looking at, you know, making sure everything's functioning correctly on the, on our website, you know, uh, and, and just trying to put out the best content and the best premium content that we can, you know, uh, like I said, you, you see the prices and stuff that some of this stuff go for on other competitor sites and then come look at what they're going for on our site. And you're like, it, I, I, I don't get it yet. Um, but this is just one more of those things that it's, it's becoming an end. It's, it doesn't yeah, have to just I agree. be physical. The and part, yeah. It the can be physical and digital. It doesn't have to just be one or the other. And, and there's going to be people out there that one's for, you know, one's for the physical guy and one's for the, the digital person. And I think that also happens fine. to be age groups as well, because I feel like the younger, the millennials and later, they're all about digital and they don't really care about the physical. And I think the pre-millennial is about the physical. They, they want that car. They want something to hold on to. They need to see something physically to see value in it. Uh, so I think it's old school versus new school, realistically. I think, and I, by hedging your bets there, you cover both angles. So you don't have to worry about it. Oh, no doubt. The My eight-year-old wants nothing to do with physical stuff, but uh, man, man, does he want um, money skins, to, buy, to buy more skins for- Those skins, baby. Come on, man. My, <laughs> hey, I feel for, your pain on that. I feel for, your pain on that. Roblox, man, you name it. If there yep. if there's a in-game currency that you can buy a skin with, man, he's all about that. If 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 I try to throw a pack of anything in front of him, nah, he's out on that. No, he's just <laughs> I, I I like to think I'm in the weird minority at this point that I enjoy both. I I love physical yeah. cards. I I love card shows going and seeing cards and being able to physically own cards. I think these digital NFTs, they're such a unique thing and they're so, and they're, it, it's, it's, it's branching out to be so unique as well. And it's, it's, it's just one more aspect to go towards our market as a whole, no matter what the sport is, or even some of the uniquenesses of just the NFTs overall that are out, that are out there that are starting to come to fruition. And I mean, I mean, just think about, you know, within the possibilities of our licenses with, you know, with something like our partner, you know, Fortnite as it is right now, you know, if, if yeah, we could branch into something true. like that on some of this, like what, what could Blowing that look like? Too. What could that be? I mean, yeah. the possibilities I believe on all this stuff are endless, not just for the sports, but the entertainment aspects of it. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's fun to be a part of and, and, and to see, uh, you know, a, an early market grow and and where it could possibly go to. Absolutely. Right now is a really fun time in the hobby. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, no matter what you collect, uh, I mainly stay within soccer and MMA. That's why this podcast is really down the line for those two. Brian is mainly soccer, but he also ventures in different sports as well. I know he has a hoops background uh, and, and I know he's trying to collect anything that Luigi doesn't steal. But the reality <laughs> <Basically>, is that, <laughs> but, the, but the thing, two more questions, uh, Brian, I don't know if you have any other, any more, any more questions, but, but I have two more major questions for you, Brett. Um, the first one is, you know, when are we going to get 
the Kylian Mbappe autograph card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Brad. Come on, bro. <laughs> Good Come luck. on, bro. If you do a damn digital card, that thing will sell out. Like I've heard rumors. Like it's it's like apparently super expensive to get his auto. That's why I've heard. Hey, man, you're one-on-one, bro. But there has to be something. Come on, Brett. Hook me up here. Mm, no comment. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I, 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 still think, I still think 2022, man. World Cup, that's going to be the big catch in that, in that line, man. That's my, that's my opinion. I don't. Brett's not insinuating anything, but I'm, very, I'm getting very excited. It sounds like it sounds like it's in the works, though. It sounds like it's in the works. Silence, silence tells us a lot of things, right there, my friend. I, I'll say, I, you know, you just never know. You never know. I mean, <laughs> no, there, we if, there we go. There we go. If, right, if you right, would have told me, if you would have told me, nobody's listening, Brick. At on, the beginning of last it. year, that David Beckham of all people would be signing for Panini America by the end of 2020. What a I, I would have called you crazy, but I mean, exciting. an opportunity presented signing. itself and he's an awesome partner to work with. I mean, Man. I mean, the dude knocked his stuff out. No questions asked in a very quick turnaround time. And then not only that, I mean, we were able to extend it. I, I believe he enjoyed the experience so much. We extended it to a multi-year deal. I mean, wow. Those kind of opportunities guys, just yeah. they don't present themselves that often for right. for an ambassador of the game and not just not just an ambassador of the game. I mean, I, I believe with him, there's people out there that don't even watch soccer, but they know who David Beckham is. For sure. All I gotta say is I take it that it's in the works by the no comment comment. So Brian, well, let's expect it soon. You heard it here first, guys. Quote me on that. Second, one of the legends you gotta include is can we get some love for Rene Guita, please? The Colombian goalkeeper. He was just as big as Valderrama. And the guy, Hector. the guy needs some autograph card. Hey, I gotta, I gotta help Brett here, man. I mean, he's got a lot on his plate. I gotta get this guy some autos, man. I need that guy. I want to get uh Iguita Scorpion kick uh card with an auto. I mean, that would be legend, man. Okay, that's just my little personal rant. But my last question, because you said you also deal with college. Give me your thoughts on how the law with players being able to use their likeness is going to change their card game, in your opinion. Man, I think it's going to just get in, insane with that stuff. Um, it's something we're definitely have our eyes on. Um, you know, we do have the college licenses and stuff like that where we can show marks and stuff like that. There, you know, there's there's typically draft products that get out there. Uh, you know, that don't have marks um, where, where it is, we're the ones that have the licenses to show, you know, the, the big time colleges and stuff like that. We're still trying to wrap our heads around what exactly this NIL stuff is going to do, uh, what exactly it's going to look like going forward. And, and, you know, just making sure that, um, you know, we're, we're able to play within the rules and, 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 you know, I, I think it just it it could it, it could add just another level to collectability. I mean, you're talking about, you know, in, in baseball, what's the big card? What what are the big cards in baseball? It's it's the prospect cards. It's yeah. the, you know, uh, you know, it's 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 triple E for us. It's 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 right after those guys get picked. It's Spencer Torkelson and Triple E and stuff like that. And and 
you know, all the Jason Dominguez when we got him in triple. I mean, it's it's all these big prospects going into stuff. So it's similar to baseball. It's just now you get to expand it into possibly basketball, possibly football, um, you know, and be able to get these guys before they've actually debuted for a uh, for a you know major pro team and to get them, you know, basketball is a weird sport in general because those guys are typically one and done as it is anyway. I mean, this year's odd. You've got Jalen Green, you got Jonathan Kaminga that are going to be probably two of the top four or five picks. Those guys are playing in the G league right now. Yeah. Um, they're able to do deals with companies right now um, because they're not tied to any colleges or anything like that. Um, but, you know, basketball in general, if, if, if you're a real good player, you're going to go for one year and then you're going to come out, you know, the Zion jaws, those the Zion, that's how big of a Zion Duke card. How big would that have been? Because that dude was on, I mean, every magazine. He was the talk of the country when he was in college. That card would have been epic. I mean, you know, so, I mean, we have Zion Duke cards, and, and we had it the normal year. We would have had it for him. I guess the the bigger thing would have us would have been a jaw because jaw actually went to college for two years. So we could have had jaw as a freshman in college as a prospect card. And then had Jaw leading up to him getting drafted after his sophomore year. Those are the types of scenarios that could play out. And then when it comes to football, I mean, think of like a guy like Trevor Lawrence that's coming out now. Or, you know, all the quarterbacks this year, really, Lawrence, Fields, Lance, all those guys have generally been in college three or four years now. But you'd be able to do autograph deals now, though, right? Supposedly within the NIL, yes. Well, that'd we'll be have huge. I'm saying, I'm just saying, it'd be, it, it would just be huge if you had that his first auto in a college uniform. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah, especially football because football players actually, it's not like basketball where it's one and done. Football, they play normally all four years or at least three. You know what I mean? Like it's not like it's just a one hit wonder. Right. Yeah. F- football is going to be the one I think specifically where we run into that more so than the basketball. I think with the football stuff, it's going to be, um, you know, like you said, you could do, you, you, we could have had an autograph deal or a card already for Trevor Lawrence, you know, what, three years ago. Um, whereas this, you know, this year would be the first time we could do anything of him, you know, if, if, and when that stuff possibly comes to fruition, but you know, uh, it's just, it's, it's something where we definitely have our eyes on it and we're going to make sure and do our due diligence and make sure that when it's done, it's done correctly from our end, as far as whatever, whatever the rules or regulations or whatever they get laid out for it. I'm excited. I really am. I think it's going to change the industry. I think it's going to just cause Like I said, that's going to be developing a whole new market. Um, and I'm happy that the, the players themselves could actually cash in on some of their success. I mean, you always see players who get injured and never make it because of a college injury or something like that. So now at least they get to make their name uh, before uh, they get to cash in a little bit before they sign that NFL contract that, uh, that many seek. Um, wow. Brett. Amazing. Amazing job. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, it was just a ton of knowledge, man. I know it, I, we, we threw a lot at you, uh, but at the, at the end of the day, you nailed it. I, I really appreciate you. Brian, anything else to, to, to cover with Brett? Yeah, I just want to say thank you, Brett. I, we asked some tough, tough questions, and I really respect that. You kind of just let us, you know, before you were just like, let us ask whatever, and we did, and I uh, really appreciate you answering the questions. 
Yeah, man. No problem. My, Just my do me pleasure. a favor, Brett. This is a Car Cracks exclusive. If a podcast, a small podcast hits you up called Sunday League Investors, just say no. All right. Just say no. He already asked his questions here. He, you know, yeah, I want to trust those guys either. Yeah. It's me. <laughs> Let's be real, bro. It's going to be you anyway. It's going to be you. It's not uh, Luigi and Brian. Or, I, mean, I don't even know that guy's name. Bob. They're not even going to be in it. I guarantee it. But at the end of the day, I love those guys. I listen to them all the time, too. So I can't I can't hate. But uh, the reality is, man, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Guys, Brett and Panini were nice enough to hook us up with a box of the new EPL prism. Uh, we're going to have a giveaway. Uh, what I think we're going to do is we're going to just, uh, we're going to have some kind of trivia question. Um, and just make sure you follow Sunny league investors as well as card cracks on Instagram. Uh, we will basically lay out the trivia questions to contact us. And basically what we're going to do is we're going to do a break. We're going to pick several people who answered the question correctly. We're going to break it online and IG, and then we'll send the, all the, all the products out. So everybody can enjoy it. And not just one person wins more than a bunch of people win. And we can all enjoy, uh, they put any product in with their, with this release. Uh, but Brett, man, best of luck to you. Best of luck to the blockchain. Good luck with that. That seems to be a huge product. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see that. Yeah. And if you want to throw some boxes or some cards or some one-on-ones or some stuff that falls off the truck my way, I totally accept bribes. It's all good, man. I got you. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, hopefully we'll get to catch up in Dallas and we get to hang out and uh, we get to, you know, maybe break some bread. But uh, like I said, at the end of the day, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Guys, thank you very much. I just want to thank everybody for listening this week. Uh, Brian, why don't you tell everybody where they can follow you and catch you uh, and with all your Sunday League investor work? Yeah, check us out on Sunday League's investors on IG. Uh, we also have a YouTube as well and TikTok. You know, we've been hitting hard on TikTok and uh, yeah, we clap back on TikTok. So if you guys want to have a good conversation, we, we definitely have some fun up there. That's awesome, man. I have, to, I, have to, I have to get on TikTok. I'm not even on it, man. I'm such an old man. It's killing me. It's killing me, bro. But uh, but hey, make sure you follow us, Card Cracks, uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, or you can join us in Clubhouse in the Trading Collectibles room. But at the end of the day, guys, thank you very much for joining us. Until next time, peace.